Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch. Every day we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listener watch every single day. We're going to start this episode, James, with some good news as uh, cornerback Jamel Dean, who unfortunately did have to exit the win against the Indianapolis Colts with an injured shoulder. Uh, turns out doesn't have any structural damage. That according to the press conference on Monday with Bruce Arians. Again, it, it doesn't mean he's going to play necessarily next weekend, but it means that the Buccaneers shouldn't necessarily be without Jamel for maybe the rest of the season. This is kind of the time of year where obviously as a team you want to be trying to get healthy. Of course, the team also lost uh, Aaron Stinney already playing without Ali Marpet. Devin White had to leave the game at, at one point during uh, the contest with with a hip, what was disclosed as a hip injury, already dealing with a quad injury. You want to try to be getting healthier, right? You don't want to add any injuries because especially this time of year, there's only six weeks left in the regular season. Then you have the postseason injuries right now that may not always be season ending. So you're not talking outside your ACLs, MCLs, stuff like that. Injuries that could only keep you out for a portion of the season this time of year could actually end up being a season ending injury because of how close we are uh, to one finish line starting another race in the postseason. So you want to see that good news really is two weeks in a row. Now Vita Vea uh, going down there, the final uh, offensive play for Washington against the Washington football team, that not being as serious as it obviously looked Jamel Dean now escaping with stroke without structural damage. So potentially the, the idea of seeing Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy bunting all on the field with Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield jr. Might actually happen in 2021 uh, based off of this news today. Yeah, uh, you take a look, a perfect example of what you're talking about. You take a look at Jacksonville there with tight end Dan Arnold. He suffered an injury. It's a four to six week injury, which basically means it's season ending for for him down there with the Jaguars. And a lot of people were looking at this week as the week where they were going to start getting even more people back. Antonio Brown kind of it's kind of been rumored, kind of been hinted that he would be available this right. coming week against the Atlanta Falcons. So you hope that Ali Marpet is able to return as well as the, we've talked about it since basically week one, all those injuries hitting so early on. Now we're starting to see all these guys slowly creep back and you could have a full squad, a full strength Buccaneers team down the final stretch and heading into the postseason. Yeah. And, and that's the dream, right? I mean, that's, that's basically what everybody, like we've talked about it. That, you know, the offense as, as it's operating isn't going to win a Super Bowl. The defense as it's been playing constructed isn't going to win a Super Bowl. And we've kind of been, you know, uh, conveying the message to Bucks fans that they don't need to win a Super Bowl right now. It's the end of November. They need to win individual games, worry about the Super Bowl later. But we're also aware, acutely aware, that if these players don't come back or if some of these, some of these flaws can't get fixed, some of these mistakes uh, can't get corrected, then obviously that is going to be a problem when the postseason comes. We're just not going to completely panic right now. But that's all part of our takeaways from this game moving forward. Not all roses as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get their eighth win of the season. But, James, before we get to our takeaways, I think we need to find a little bit more time. we got a lot of voicemails again. Not sure we're going to get to all of them, but we're going to get to as many as we can. 
But how about we fit in one right here at the end of this uh, this opening segment on uh, Takeaway Tuesday? Sounds good. Let's go. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Man, what a win. Down to the final play of the game, but great win. A um, couple things I really like seeing, you know, limited the penalties. Um, it stuck to the run, of course. And we, I feel like we upped our intensity or sense of urgency, whatever you want to call it, in the second half, especially on defense. And, man, the, I mean, we were running the ball great. And I'm really happy we stuck to that run. You know, Rojo had a good game, but, of course, the story is regular season lending, probably a player of the week type of performance there. And, uh, you know, huge credit to them running the ball because, you know, Indy's not an easy team to run on. But overall, you know, of course, a huge win because you gain some ground in the in the conference and you separate yourself further in the division, maybe at this point really locking it up. But you also have to, um, you know, really – I really focused on the fact that we beat a good opponent. Uh, you know, uh, we can square up against a really good team, make those adjustments uh, and make big plays and ultimately, you know, beat the team beat the really good teams, you know, especially in a tight game. So overall, it was a really fun game, kind of a nail-biter, but uh, very happy with the outcome. Go Bucks! All right, Tyler, thank you so much for calling. And yeah, David, a couple of quick things before I kick it over to you for your reaction. Those four penalties for 44 yards, season low for the Buccaneers on the road. So it wasn't perfect. No game ever will be but certainly trending in the right direction as far as road games are concerned. And then, yeah, that three-game lead in the NFC South. Look, if the Saints lose, what is it? Their, their next two or one of their next two, the Bucks could clinch the division against the Saints at home uh, coming up in three weeks. Yeah, I mean, a three-game lead with six games to go. You know, the Buccaneers have another divisional game coming up against the Atlanta Falcons, like you, like you already mentioned. Uh, so that's an opportunity to get another win. And when you start talking about playoff seeding, you talk about conference records, divisional records, and 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 uh, head-to-head records, and and all that stuff. You want to have as many of those tiebreakers uh, as you possibly can, especially when you're going up against two teams, you know, with the Arizona Cardinals and Green Bay Packers that you're not actually going to face in season. So if those, if you if you come down to a tiebreaker with those guys, it's going to depend on your conference records and your divisional records. So you want to make sure you're setting yourself as much as possible. Uh, and I, and I like the fact that Tyler points out that. You know, the Buccaneers stuck to the run and, and it was working uh, and they stuck with Leonard. It was working, you know, in the beginning, not a lot was working, but once they found something that did work against the Colts offense, they stuck with it. They stayed patient. They didn't completely abandon the run game and abandon uh, the running backs, so to speak, uh, because they were falling behind. And that's a little bit of a change from what we've seen before. And uh, speaking of the penalties, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts finished with six penalties, 66 yards, Tampa Bay Buccaneers four for 44 yards. So winning in that department. And, and honestly, you go and say like two more or three more uh, defensive penalties for the Buccaneers. And again, just like we said yesterday, this game might end up differently. Absolutely. And then the other big thing, of course, is the turnover differential going into that game. They were plus seven at home, minus two on the road. Now they're uh, plus seven at home, plus one on the road. It was uh, quite a, quite a nice swing. So defense starting to click at the right time. Like we said, starting to get healthy. All things are looking good as far as Lenny was concerned. Look, if you're going to stand up in front of the team, make a halftime speech and and talk about coming back and winning, uh, yeah, give that guy the ball because obviously he's got some fire in him and he's ready to take care of business. So, you know, great game from Lenny. Great call from Tyler. We're going to have a couple more voicemails coming up in just a little bit when you and I get to our takeaways. But first, we have to talk about how basically, David, in life, we're bound for different things. 
with beachbound.com vacations. You can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up with a Bacardi and Coke in my hand. Uh, as long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'm going to be as happy as can be with beachbound.com. You can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. So what are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Welcome to now the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you again for making this podcast your first listen or your first view every day if you're joining us over on YouTube. James, like you said, we've got plenty of voicemails. Let's fire one off again before we dive into our takeaways. Hey, guys. Hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday. It's uh, what a game. Oh, my gosh. What a game. Uh, this is exactly the game the Bucks needed. We just... What turned out to be, what looked to be a, a game that was we we're going to lose, uh, we ended up just grinding and being relentless. And God, Fournette, the defense, uh, I mean, my hat's off to the coaching staff, um, Tom Brady. I mean, I, I'm just in awe. This game was amazing. What a thriller. Um, I'm hoping that this is exactly the momentum that we need to catalyst this game. That's going to carry us all the way through the playoffs because the Colts were no joke. And so I uh, hope you guys are, ha are having a wonderful holiday, staying safe. Uh, thank you guys for an amazing show. This is Benny from L.A. And, uh, yeah, go Bucks. All right, Benny, thank you very much for the call. Make sure you continue to call in. Um, look, yeah, it, it was absolutely a, a relentless victory. It was, you know what? I'm going to save it because that plays into my, my first takeaway. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it until it's my turn. So David, you have the floor. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of what Benny said plays into my first takeaway. And that is my first takeaway is that the Bucks offensive game plan is fine. Right. So, so defenses are coming after the Buccaneers in, in a, in a, I don't want to call it a unique way, but in sort of a unique, a newer way than what we've seen before. A lot of times in years past, especially last year in his first year at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what do we hear about trying to stop Tom Brady? Pressure up the middle, pressure up the middle, pressure up the middle, get him uncomfortable, get him off the spot. That's what you want. What we've seen this year, and it really kind of started with the Dallas Cowboys. You saw the New England Patriots do it really well. The Los Angeles Rams did it really well. Then they kind of shifted to more pressure when the score was making the pressure, uh, giving them a little bit of added pressure as well. Is you've seen teams play that cover two shell, right? You leave two guys or at least leave one guy deep, if not two guys deep, really kind of try to smother Mike Evans and Chris Godwin enforced the Buccaneers to take the underneath stuff, force them essentially to drive down the field and not make mistakes that shoot themselves in the foot. And, and what we've seen in some of these games is they've, they've played right into the scheme. Whereas there's been drops, there's been off target passes. Again, I went back and watched uh, that first second down pass of the game that Tom tried to hit Rob Gronkowski just to confirm my own statement from our immediate takeaways. And yeah, if, if Brady, drops that thing over the defenders and over Rob Gronkowski's outside shoulders left his upfield shoulder. That thing is a 15, 20 yard gain. If I've, if I've ever seen it, but instead Brady tries to fire it in there, fires it essentially right into the hands of a Colts defender who's unable to, uh, to come away with the interception. So the game plan is fine. And listen, Will Williams uh, left us a comment on YouTube and greatly appreciate you will for leaving that comment and always open uh, to conflicting views. And basically what he, what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing, not quoting, but that we need to stop letting the offensive coach staff off the hook. 
that were quick to throw bowls under the bus, but the offense shouldn't have multiple games where two Pro Bowl receivers, and I'm assuming we're talking about Godwin and Evans, because I think the Bucs really have three Pro Bowl caliber receivers, but Brown obviously hasn't been on the field, so I think that's who we're talking about is Evans and Godwin. Uh, shouldn't combine for less than 100 yards in multiple games. Stop getting cre- giving credit to opposing defenses. They face other defenses, right? Face Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and those guys produce every week. Blame Leftwich for not scheming the guys open and B.A. for admitting that he doesn't attend offensive meetings. So there's a lot there to dissect. I can't get through all of it. I'm going to say this. Head coaches can't be everywhere. So I'm just going to leave it at that. That's what you have an offensive coordinator for and position coaches. So I'm not even going to dive completely into that. The Rams and the Packers, guys. Robert Woods is injured. Odell Beckham Jr. isn't all that great. Todd Gurley wasn't even that great his last few years in Los Angeles, and that's been a long time removed, and their best running back has been on IR since the beginning of the season. Cooper Cup is basically all they have. Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers, basically all they have. If you don't believe me, go see why Aaron Rodgers is mad about being with the Green Bay Packers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have that problem. They have many, many, many weapons that they can use, which is why you see Rob Gronkowski getting 123 yards receiving, no touchdowns, He's perfectly happy. He's on Twitter the day after making up nicknames for a teammate of his for getting four touchdowns. The reason the Buccaneers don't have guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, even all of them producing massive amounts of stats every single week is because they don't need them to produce massive amounts of stats every single week. When this Buccaneers offense executes and doesn't mess up their own plays, throwing into defenders, dropping passes, fumbling on screens like Chris Godwin did, Uh, letting themselves get pushed inside on an outside breaking route like Scotty Miller did. When they're playing technically sound football, the game plan is fine. It has nothing to do with the game plan, everything to do with execution. Yeah, you're 100% right. And and I guess you can make the argument that teams like the Rams, where all they have is Cooper Cup, or teams Mm -hmm. like the Packers, where all they have are Devontae Adams, it should be easier for a defense to remove that one player. But on the flip side, those players are going to get the same amount of targets as Evans and Godwin combine because you're hundred percent right. They don't have to force feed just one particular player. And you could go back and point to years where the bucks did need to do that with Mike Evans and, and he reaped the benefits, but you know, it, it goes back to giving what the defense or taking what the defense will give you. Right. They were giving them the run game. They were giving them the tight end. So that's what was utilized. And early on when he's trying to force the ball to Mike Evans, trying to force the ball to Chris Godwin, the offense wasn't moving. You know, if it wasn't for a Darius Leonard deflection in the end zone, Mike Evans probably has a touchdown. Yeah. You know, even though there was a flag for, for pass interference against Rocky scene, um, Evans catches that ball. If it's not deflected because right. it was perfect because it was late because it was deflected. Also real quick, something I forgot to mention, James, um, four teams in the national football league have two receiving players in the top 25 of NFL receiving right now. It's the chiefs, the Ravens, the chargers and the Buccaneers. Yeah. This is a fantasy football problem only pretty much, pretty much. Um, which kind of plays me into, into my takeaway. And that is, we can look back on this Colts game as a statement victory. And I'm going to rewind us back to 2020 on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. The bucks are down 17 to nothing at halftime in the third quarter. They're down 24 to seven. They rally back to win that game. 31 to 24. You take a look here. 
The Indianapolis Colts were a team playing for their playoff lives. They had an opportunity to make up a game against the Titans within the division. They had an opportunity to keep themselves you know, in line with the Los Angeles Chargers for a wild card spot. The Colts were playing a playoff game. And the Buccaneers were able to overcome a double-digit deficit at halftime and score a massive road victory with a fantastic second-half performance. And if you go back, it wasn't the Vikings game coming out of the bye week. It was the second half of that Falcons game that sparked a run for both the offense and the defense. We could be looking back on this game as doing the exact same thing because you know Gronk said it in his post-game presser, you know, they came out in that second half and they played as a team offensively and defensively. They came out with the energy that they need to win games. So we I'm not saying we, you know, it for sure is going to happen, but we can look back as this game is the catalyst that sparked yet another run. Not saying they're going to go undefeated either, but leads them strongly into the postseason. And then in the postseason, we know that, that really anything can happen. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the other part of, of my takeaway as well is that in the postseason, anything can happen. I mean, remember, creativity is usually a product of, of need, right, of necessity, right? So when you look at, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 90s and all the jet motions and and, and flea flickers and everything that they had with, like, Cordell Stewart exciting their offense was, because Cordell Stewart wasn't a very good quarterback. You kind of had to create some of that magic with guys like Antoine Randall on the field. So the Buccaneers, again, you're, you're not seeing a lot of, of super creativity because they don't need to also – Cooper Cup and, and Mike Evans are completely different types of receivers. And Cooper Cup, you can line up in the backfield and still get him receiving yards. You can't do that with a guy like Mike Evans. But look, at the end of the day, Buccaneers fans should be happy because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got the win. And if you took them and the three points that they were favored to win by, you definitely made some money. And hopefully if you did, you did that over at betonline.ag because they've got you covered all season, the remainder of the season, and into the postseason with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Betonline.ag will remain your number one spot for all your sports action this season. So head over to that desktop website or your mobile website. Sign up today if you haven't already. And if you haven't made your first deposit, when you do, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on the house, courtesy of BetOnline.ag, just for being a Locked On Bucks listener. Whether you're looking for basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of everything that they have in store for you for the rest of the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a takeaway Tuesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. David, we each have one more takeaway that we're going to get to. But before we do that, let's hit the voicemail line one more time. I am convinced, guys, that once Fournette's career is over, he's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. No doubt in my mind. This is Yusef out here in Phoenix. Fournette was just, he needs to learn to hit the hole. He was just, he has happy feet. He has some good moves, but man, sometimes you just got to hit the hole. Luckily, he did that towards the end of the game. But man, I, again, I think he has a career, I think he has a uh, shot at being on Dancing with the Stars. And I think that that's a very high probability in my mind. Anyways, defense flowing around today. Jamel Dean went out. Colts kind of had our way with us for a while. We adjusted. We, you know, kind of stabilized that defensive front with White coming back in and 
bunting going out for, I believe, a couple plays. Um, Vito got you know, punched in the mouth, literally lost a tooth. Uh, it was an exciting game. The most exciting game we've had this year. Most competitive game we've had this year. Just went back and forth. It was just so much fun to watch. Took a while for the offense to get going, uh, but we finally did with, obviously, Glenn Fournette getting into his groove. Rojo had, Rojo had a good day. Um, just really happy with um, really happy with this game. Wasn't perfect again, but no game really is. Um, we need to figure out our third down uh, defense. Need to get off the field. Can't let a third and 15 from wins happen. Not, not uh, acceptable. Anyways, guys. Real happy about the win. And as you know, not getting too high, but not too low either. And as always, go Bucks. All right, Yusef, thank you for the call. Uh, we'd have to come up with some sort of clever nickname for Dancing with the Stars, Lenny. Uh, you know, I was tweeting out Lucas Oil Lenny quite a bit uh, on, on Sunday. I don't know. It's... Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't... I, I'm not quick enough. I don't know enough official dance names to to be able to to make that work yeah i don't know but i like cold open yousef i do um, like cold open yousef yeah and, and like our last voicemail actually so i mean you guys are are, are tracking with a lot of things that we're at least conversationally we're, we're all tracking on some of the same topics i mean third down uh that is exactly what my my final takeaway uh it focuses on so james i'm gonna let you handle the rest of that oh yeah i mean and the only the only other thing that i really want to touch on from yousef's voicemail uh, because I'm going to leave the third down defense to you. I, I it That's why I perked up when, when I heard it was because I knew that was something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, we really didn't talk about Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones played fantastic. You know, I'm sitting there with, with my boss and, and my friend. And um, every time Rojo touched the ball, he just goes, wow, he looks like he was shot out of a cannon. And, you know, I just talked about, you know, that's that's fresh legs. Those are the fresh legs that Leonard Fournette had at the end of last year. Those are the fresh legs that Ronald Jones has this year. Um, Ronald Jones looking really, really good in his opportunities over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, all right. I will make my third takeaway or my second takeaway, the third takeaway of the show, a quick one. And my takeaway is Admiral Akbar. And David, I put in the show notes that, you get bonus points if you understand that reference. Do you understand my Admiral Akbar takeaway? Not only do I not understand it, but I also want some points for not Googling it. Okay. I'm literally you, sitting at my computer, so I mean. I will give you a half a point for not Googling it. For not uh, cheating. Admiral Akbar, of course, is a beloved character from Star Wars who of course, yeah. swings his face into the frame and goes, it's a trap. Uh, oh, okay. I know that guy. Yeah. Okay. Don't fall in the trap. The Buccaneers are coming off of an incredible win on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. In two weeks, they have the Buffalo Bills at home. In three weeks, with an opportunity to clinch the NFC South, they have the New Orleans Saints at home in prime time. But this week, you have the lowly Atlanta Falcons, mm. who are terrible. Mm. Don't fall in the trap. <laughs> this is the quintessential trap game. Oh. Look at what just happened to the Tennessee Titans against the Houston Texans. 
that was the trappiest of trap games and they fell right in the Buccaneers are in a situation now where they are getting healthy in spite of the injuries suffered on Sunday. You should be getting Antonio Brown back. Jamel Dean is purely a pain tolerance situation. Carlton Davis has been back at practice. You have Scotty Miller back. You're getting Ali Marpet back. Don't screw this up and fall in the trap. Yeah, the band is about to come back together. That's good. And that's and that's that's good, you know, conversation point for for next week is uh that trap game because it, it does. It very much looks like a trap game, could be a trap game. And you know those those divisional games. I mean, everybody is coming out giving the Buccaneers their A game, but divisional rivals are always going to come out and try to give them their A plus game. So I like that. My final takeaway, it does have to do with a third down conversion and a little bit to Yusuf's points. The Buccaneers right now, uh, through this game, allowing 40.88% uh, on opponent third downs. So 40.88% of opposing third downs are being converted. Uh, the Buccaneers allowed five of 11, so about, what, 42% without actually doing the math on a calculator. Uh, the Buccaneers ranked 21st in the NFL, so not good. The 16th team in the NFL, so it's not the average, but like the middle team in the NFL is 40.4%. So really. You're not too far off kind of the middle ground of the league. Only three teams in the NFL right now have uh, a opposing third down conversion rate of 33% or less. That was close. Um, and so 33% used to be the target, right? You said as a defense coordinator, you go out and say, we don't want to give up more than 33% on third downs. The league has shifted rules and, and, and all the things you can and can't do as far as a defense and defender goes. 33% is not totally realistic. So now you're shooting for more around the 35, 40% range. So the Buccaneers, not too far off of what you really kind of expect, but you kind of see that trend going there. On Sunday, however, and I and we got a tweet, James, actually from somebody on Twitter saying, you know, that they asked us to specifically talk about this. So this takeaway was inspired by that request uh, on Twitter. So shout out to, to that person. Uh, 5-11 on the date. Look, two of those five third down conversions came on the final drive of the first half. The very first one was a third and 15 run by Carson Wentz. That was the first third down conversion the Colts had had all game long. And it was third and 15 and a 15 and a half, 15 and one quarter yard run uh, by Carson Wentz. Ironically, James, one of the first times I saw the Buccaneers run man coverage on a, on a, on a distance to go down. And that's, that's why Carson Wentz uh, was able to get, get free and get those yardage. One Shaquille Barrett fell down on the edge. Obviously you can't seal the edge if you're on the ground. Uh, so that happens. And then everybody else in coverage is running with their back to the quarterback because they're in man coverage. They don't see Carson Wentz escape until it's too late. And Dominick and Sue, great effort uh, mm-hmm. to hold it to 15, 16 yards, but obviously not enough. And then later on on the exact same drive, a 22-yard pass uh, to, Doyle, to Doyle to the tight end. Carson Wentz on a third and 10 is the second of the third down conversions. And they had a fourth down conversion on the exact same drive, uh, the one-yard one yard variety touchdown uh, play to T.Y. Hilton. What I saw on on most of the third downs, and a lot of times the problem with the zone coverage is, again, it boils down to execution, right? I hate zone coverage. James, I think you hate zone coverage. We're, we're very aggressive type of people. But I understand what Todd Bowles is trying to do because you have, you have an offense here and you have Frank Wright. He's very good at coaching his quarterback, and Carson Wentz does have some ability to do this. If you're in man coverage, find room to escape. Take advantage of the fact that they're chasing your receivers downfield. If they're in zone coverage, find the space. The defense has to make choices. There's a couple plays that were pointed out by Greg Olson. He did a really good job that if I'm coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's two, there's three guys specifically that I'm talking to. I'm talking to Levante David. I'm talking to Kevin Minter, and I'm talking to Anthony Nelson. I'm telling them, guys, when you're in your perimeter zone, when you're on the outside perimeter, you're probably in a hook zone or a quarter zone, whatever it is, 
get deeper, get to the back boundary of your zone and play forward. Don't try to anticipate forward. There were a couple plays. Anthony Nelson on a pass play to Jack Doyle uh, played too shallow in his zone, let the tight end get behind him because there was a player ahead of him. Well, the player in front of him was covered by Kevin Minter. Trust your guy to do his job. You do your job. You get back there, make that throw a much harder completion. Allow Kevin Minter to cover the flat. Levante David, actually, I love him, love him to death, but he's not, you know, and, and he's not an imperfect, or he's not a perfect person. Uh, the, they were actually in man coverage on that T.Y. Hilton uh, touchdown pass, as best as I can tell. And basically what they did is the Colts ran a lot of things parallel to the line of scrimmage, sucked in Kevin Minter and Levante David on that play. If Levante David, Kevin Minter play, what, what is more, more important in that situation? Don't give up the touchdown, stop the first down. That's your, that's your order of priority. If they play those priorities, Levante David falls off the line of scrimmage instead of pen, trying to penetrate the line of scrimmage on the edge, and that touchdown pass doesn't happen. Maybe they get the first down, but you live to try to stop them another day. Really small tweaks at the end of the day, but the fact that four of the five third down conversions on Sunday came from 10 yards or more is mm-hmm. problematic, and that's where those tweaks with how deep you get into your zones really need to be hammered home by Todd Bowles this week. Yeah, I know at one point the Buccaneers had allowed three third down conversions and it was on third and 15, third and 10, and third and 13. Yet they had managed to stop two different third and twos. It was just, it was was very strange. The shortest third down conversion that they gave up was third and six. Yeah. Everything else was third and 10 or more. Um, So again, kind of a feast or famine type of situation. Really good when the offense is trying to get a little bit of yards, but they really weren't very good when the offense is trying to get a lot of yards. Yeah. So with that, David, we are going to get out of here. I'll be back tomorrow with Evan Klosky, who makes his return after missing last week. Uh, we will um, we will give a few. I'll get a few of his thoughts on the Colts game that we're going to turn the page and look ahead to the divisional matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you to Tyler, Benny, and Yusef for calling in. I appreciate you all so much for contributing, helping out, and really being on the same wavelength as David and I as far as what we wanted to talk about today. So shout out to all of you guys. Thank you all for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch every day free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you want to call into the voicemail line, the number is 813-444-5841 or drop some comments in the YouTube section. We do peruse through those. Try to reply to as many as we can. Uh, and, you know, we will we'll take questions from there. We'll take ideas from there. Uh, so make sure that you guys are having some nice, respectful conversations in the YouTube comment section. Check out everything going on at LaFoxNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us right here.